Yeah, there was a, I don't know, was, I, I think it started with uh, the Karate Kid, but there was sort of like a mid-80s to uh, like late-90s trend of kids' films that were all about martial arts. So there was like... Oh, is that like there was Ninja Turtles stuff? There was Ninja Turtles, um, Surf Ninjas, uh, Three Ninjas. So many ninjas. And then uh, culminating yes. with um, Beverly Hills Ninja starring Chris Farley. Which is like yeah. I think that was like three his ninjas last was great movie because too. they did at least one oh, sequel Beverly, Beverly where Hills all Ninja. three of the ninjas. <laughs> Beverly were Hills Ninja, new yeah. Actors. yeah, not a great one. I'm saying in in three ninjas they did at least one sequel where all three of the ninjas were played by new actors. Bro, there's three ninjas. Oh, Jesus. Two, three ninjas, three, and three ninjas four. Uh, they really? they did not stop, and I don't Why think they call. No they one is the same the in any ones. of the movies. They should have called the third one just Ninjas 3, like done the Fast and the Furious sort of like retitling yeah. the thing. No, 3 Ninjas was dope, though, because like as a kid growing up, it was like, oh, they like they built their own like training montage and then they did the training montage. It was like, I could be a ninja, too. Was 3 Ninjas the one where they had like a magic game gear game that that told them like what to do? No, 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 no. That, that's that's a different movie you're thinking of. No, Three Ninjas was the one where they're they're like defending their house. It was like Home Alone, except instead of mm-hmm. it being like Rube Goldberg esque traps, they all trained in ninjutsu. Oh, it was it was Surf Ninjas. In Surf Ninjas, there's like a Magic Game Gear game that like tells them like what's going to happen, and so they're like, uh oh. We're gonna get attacked by ninjas. This game, this video game, just told us. What the fuck is that? That's what that movie's about. I mean, it's not about that. That's just a, a thing that happens to have uh, in, in never, his magical I game. Saw, I never saw Surf Ninjas, and I always get it mixed it has, mixed up with a uh, Point Break. It has Rob Schneider, uh, which in I've it. also never seen. St- starring a big Trump fan, Rob Schneider. <laughs> right. Yeah. What the hell happened to him, man? Like, he hangs out with all the same people. There's a lot of ex-SNL stars who are big, uh, weird conservatives. Uh, what's her name? Victoria, the, the blonde lady oh, who was yeah. on Fox News. She's nuts. Um, That's Bob so Schneider's bonkers nuts. to me, because, like, he's he's friends with Adam Sandler, right? And, like, I don't think Adam Sandler is a big Trump guy. I think he's mad because he didn't get to be in Grown Ups 3 or something like that. <laughs> Sandler Sandler is a Republican, though. Is he really? Sandler, well. Yeah, Sandler was a big Giuliani supporter back in the day. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know how he feels about him now. New York, baby. Yeah, exactly. It was just a pure new york thing <laughs> yeah now he's mad about him for cleaning up new york he's like he's like yeah we used yeah. to be cool but now now it's all touristy <laughs> that's what that's why he made that movie uncut gems that's right, right? Yeah. it's a it's a love letter to uh to the seedy underbelly of giuliani's new york that's why he loved it <laughs> Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my exceptional comrade and co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Hello, Brendan. Hello, hello. Um, it's not often that a war uh, starts and ends in between uh, our podcast recordings, but <laughs> right, yeah. we're just, we're I, just I lucky we, enough to squeeze it in, thread the I needle. I think we did that. That's the, uh, that's the Liquid Flannel curse, right, is that we predict things <laughs> on the show and then a week later that thing comes true before we get the episode out so um joining us to talk about some of these issues hopefully um we've got uh writer um twitter personality general uh (laughs) online 'er ne'er-do-well from brooklyn new york ben geyer hello ben what's up guys how's it going it's very nice to have you on the show thanks for joining us no thanks for having me this is great yeah yeah so brennan um, yeah, what's going on? Are, are we are we at war with Iran? Are we going to do that? Um, it's un it's unclear. Um, you know, it's pretty funny that uh, that Trump like started a war with Iran, and then Iran was like, "Well, we don't really want to start like a, a huge war." And then he was like, "Ha! Won it! Won the war!" Yeah, <laughs> checkmate, victory. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, and now like they shot down that, that plane. Yeah. Um, the whole thing got a lot more complicated just in the past, like 24 hours. It, it's like, it's like Trump. It's like if you were at a party and like Trump was a guy who came to the party and like started beef with someone and then killed someone at the party and then, like, the friend of the guy he killed came back and, like, burned the house down. And <laughs> right. then you're like, well, who's the bad guy here? Like, it's kind of shitbags all around on this on this deal. Yeah. It's a real mess. Yeah, Trump is the – he's, like, the tap-out shirt guy at a, at a house party. I think that's giving him a little too much credit. I don't think Trump's as smart as that guy. <laughs> that, is, that is a that low guy at fucking least has, bar. Right? Like, that guy has a plan, I think. He knows what he wants. He's going to go it's for true. it. Trump, you know, Trump, anyone who ever thought he was like, you know, anti-war or anything was kidding themselves. But he's so stupid that he can find a way to avoid war just by bumbling around. And I mean, I'll <laughs> right. take it. It's, it's better than the alternative. Right. But Yeah, I mean, he, uh, you know, he put every, well, I, I, again, I don't want to say that he put anything uh, like because he had absolutely no plan, but. Uh, thankfully, we had to rely on like the fanatical religious government of Iran to be the rational actor in this in this conflict. <laughs> right. um, and you know, it it it, uh, it it worked out for him, I guess. So uh, way to go, Trump! Yeah, another another great victory in the Trump in the Trump uh, twenty twenty reelection I campaign. Mean, and, Won the war against yeah. Iran. And you see, you see some of his like sycophants online going like, "Oh, this is five D chess the whole time." Like, "Oh, we we were able to like demonstrate some power." It's like, no, that was just some that was just some dumb shit that he like he got angry about uh, like randomly one night um, while he was on a fucking like Adderall bender or something. Uh, and everybody, you know, and, and then it's really been funny to see various Republicans try to scramble and like either like reverse justify it and be like, you know what, like, no, like Soleimani actually was a terrorist, uh, like, you know, public enemy number one, even though nobody knew his name before like seven days ago. Uh, and a bunch of other people, including fucking Richard Spencer, who's like, I regret ever voting for Donald Trump to begin with. Um, I mean, I hope he got socked in the jaw for that but mm-hmm. i hope that he is always getting socked in the jaw for anything god and how about that uh what that what was that republican like mike lee or whatever who was like that was the worst military briefing i've ever experienced in my entire life yeah oh god uh, yeah that shit is just absolutely wild um which again just just goes to show that they have absolutely no idea what they're doing and they're like hey you know iran didn't like murder thousands of people like in the last two days. So like, we're going to just count that as a win right there. Uh, <laughs> but if we did want to bomb Iran, we just could. And then you guys couldn't say anything about it. Cause we, our new policy is like anybody we don't like, we can murder them. And that's just, that's just the rule. Uh, yeah. and nobody, nobody challenge me, please. I mean, what's, what's your guys' perspective though? So we talked about this a little bit, uh, last week when we had Kate Willett on the show that, uh, I was speculating that, um, there really isn't the sort of, uh, like political, uh, like mass movement or, or like mass impetus behind getting involved in yet another, like forever war in the, in the Middle East. Um, to what extent do you think that that played a role in all of this? Like, did they, did they float a, a test balloon? Did they throw war with Iran out on the stoop to see if the cat would lick it up? And it turns out the cat is like, you know what? Fuck, like, I don't want my kids going to war either. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm far from the first person to say this, but, like, what Trump cares about more than anything is being well-liked. And, you know, going to war in Iran, which would make the Iraq war look like, you know, just hanging out in the park, right. would not make him well-liked. Like, people. You know, we've all talked about the Millennium Challenge from 2002 where the U.S. military war game to war with Iran and they had to literally change the rules so that Iran didn't destroy the entire American uh, aircraft uh, carrier and and troop force. Uh, He has people around him who tell him that it would be a difficult war and that probably bores him, number one, because you have to think about it a lot. And number two, (laughs) he makes it real – it realizes that – 
he, he realizes that people would be mad, their kids would die, you know, we'd use resources, so on and so forth. And so he, as stupid as he is, the one thing he's smart enough to know is what's going to make people like him because that's what's driven his entire career. Uh, so he, he, he understands that, that going to war with Iran uh, might give him some boost with certain, you know, of the neocon pundits, but he doesn't care about them. He cares about, you know, the, the maggot chuds who show up at his rallies and chant toilets at him. And he knows that they wouldn't like war with Iran because it would be their kids going to war. Um, so he, he, he's able to realize that it's, it's not going to make him popular. And so that's why he probably, uh, has some instinct not to do it. Again, it's not out of any, you know, if he if he could kill a million people in Iran and he thought it would make people like him, he'd do it in a second. It's not out of any sort of humanity. It's just that he, he thinks it'd be hard and he thinks it would make people not like him. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And it's kind of hard to get that perspective when, I mean, I get most of my news these days and most of my political commentary through Twitter. And so when you say like the MAGA chuds aren't super into it, um, the ones on Twitter are they they love the idea. They, you know, they, they're the ones out there saying like, oh, we would absolutely stomp, you know, or we would stomp Iran into the dirt, <laughs> um, which uh, it, it's, that's that's a historical nonsense, of course, um, completely divorced from any kind of military reality. I mean, we we ran that. Uh, what was that? The war game like in the it was like 2005 or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the Millennium Challenge, I believe it was. Yeah, called. the Millennium Challenge, where uh, they they stacked up uh, basically the entire uh, American military against the simulated Iranian military, and the American military got fucking wiped just like immediately. Twenty twenty thousand uh, simulated American military deaths on like right. day day one or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, where they, they, had, to be a, they ended up having to change the rules so that Iran exactly. didn't win this war game. Yeah. yeah, It was supposed to be a two-week challenge, and on the first day, they stopped it, changed all the rules. It's like some, you know, Star Trek Kobayashi Maru bullshit <laughs> right. where they just yeah, – totally. like, oh, no, we're not fucking doing that anymore. <laughs> right. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's uh, it's pretty wild. I mean we can, we can trust that, uh, you know, Trump's going to – uh, move on and and uh, and not be doing wars anymore uh, until next week. So, <laughs> right. who knows? Who knows who will bomb next? It's uh, it's very very exciting times uh, here yeah, in twenty twenty. So, I mean, it, it's been so uh, it's been so hard to follow. Like his whole train of thought about like who we're friends with, who we're at war with. You know, we we backed out of the Iran nuclear deal, which is probably. The, oh yeah, that, that was like the was precipitating like, event now, for this entire thing. Now that now that they're running scared, now we're going to get a great deal going. Now's the time to make a deal. We had a good deal <laughs> before. Saying, nope, nope, it was an Obama deal, which means it was bad, y'all. But it's the same thing. I mean, like, uh, you know, he he got into office talking about uh, you know this this very belligerent stance against North Korea. Um, but then, like, I own one of the commemorative coins for the, uh, <laughs> like, the North Korea Trump oh, summit, God. you know, uh, because they went on discount after the fucking thing got canceled right. and I could get one for like $15. And I was like, oh, that'll be a hilarious, like, ironic thing to own. But then the summit actually happened. So now I actually just own a piece of, like, sincere Trump memorabilia. <laughs> So, well, I mean, sort of. I mean, it sort of <laughs> happened because wasn't that the summit where they were supposed to go for like three days and they went for like three hours and he was like, oh, fuck this. This is a waste of time. Like, right. They're not going to just <laughs> bow down before me and like become the 51st state or something like that. So, like, why am I even bothering to waste my time here? And that's that's just par for the course for Trump. Right. Like he goes in, he spends five minutes on it, somehow says, like, I did it. I won. You know, we solved North Korea, everybody, sure. like, hooray. And then two days later, someone's like, oh, I actually don't think you solved anything. Like, you just... Yeah, no, they're, they're still firing missiles. Right. And he's like, nope, I did it. I solved it. Don't nobody talk about it ever again. <laughs> and then they don't. And then they just talk about the next thing. And then they're like, oh, war with Iran's the news now. Like, nobody ever talk about North Korea on the news ever, ever again. <laughs> Until they do another missile test or whatever. And just the cycle, the Trump cycle continues. It's... It's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. 
I get tired just thinking about it. You know, I I, uh, I don't blame Trump for taking all those amphetamines or whatever because uh, it must be exhausting just to just to. It's like he. It's like uncut gems is his life, you know, for uh, the, <laughs> right. the past three years. He just lurches from one crisis to the next crisis uh, without any time to to stop. It's it's incredible. Look, man, I take I take several tabs of Sudafed every night just for fun. I can't imagine how much Sudafed I would have to take, you know, if I had the most stressful job in the world. You mean to be. Uh, like Trump's uh, social media director. <laughs> uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> oh, Brendan just went all green on my on my Skype screen. That's oh, kind of yeah, cool. Me too for a second. Yeah, yeah, that was neat. Green New Deal. It's uh, my new yeah. filter. Brendan's coming through the Matrix to us now. So, yeah, I mean, what what other than wars? What else is going on? Yeah, in the no, world? no, no, but uh, I, want, I want Ben's perspective on this too, right? Because, like, Ben, you're, you're also... Like us, you know, incredibly online. Um, yeah. If, if, if you'd like a prompt, I could say something about uh, the, uh, like, dilly-dallying that a bunch of these, like, kind of conservative uh, talking heads have been having to do, like, back and forth, depending on which way the wind is blowing on this. But I, I'm, yeah. I'm curious about your perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just... We're still talking about the whole Iran thing. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, sorry. My my audio cut out for a second. Sorry about that. Oh yeah. Um, no, I mean it's it, it's one of those things where my my instinct in these things is to you know get mad at, at at Democrats for appeasing him and and you know for for not strenuously opposing you know any American action in Iran and I certainly feel that but on the other hand I I kind of have to give them some slack because i don't know how you respond to to this to, to to this president doing whatever he's doing i mean i'm i'm not entirely sure what we expect from from congressional democrats or from democratic presidential candidates i mean i certainly thought that bernie's uh you know statement unequivocally opposing war with iran and you know tying it back to his opposition to the war in iraq and the war uh, in vietnam was good but uh, i mean beyond that i I can't really blame, uh, you know, the liberals and the Democrats too much because it's completely insane the scenario they're in. So I'm not entirely sure what we would, uh, what we would expect to get from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it almost makes me feel bad for John Bolton because you know that that guy who now has been dismissed from the administration is just fucking like tossing and turning, like he's just he's storming around the house like yep. punching holes in walls. Because this is the thing that he wanted the entire time, and it's being so badly mismanaged. And he knows that if he were in the Oval Office right now, he'd be able to talk yep. this, like, giant wet toddler into, like, actually doing the thing that he's always wanted. But now, now he's just crying into his yeah. mustache. The, uh, the guy who's really, uh, you know, uh, interesting to me right now is, uh, is Lindsey Graham. Because Lindsey Graham, you know, started... You know, in the last primary season, as anti-Trump, uh, you know, he started. You know, in the he started in the primary as anti-Trump. He's you know, there's that famous tweet that people always bring up to him. You know, if Trump wins, if Trump wins, we'll lose. We deserve it, and and all that. And then he becomes Trump's lapdog. It's clear, you know, he's wanted a war with Iran since he was fucking 12 years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and now he sees Trump getting so close, and it's almost like he's almost being rewarded. For uh, for for putting his faith in this idiot, and it gets it gets pulled right out from under him. He almost gets his war, and then Trump, you know, gets distracted by a, a flashing strobe in the corner of the room, and, <laughs> and 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 doesn't and doesn't do it for him. Honestly, if the entire American experiment was really just like one long prank against John Bolton, um, like uh, like Lucy <laughs> pulling the fucking football away from Charlie Brown. Um, I'm going to say that that was worthwhile. God, my favorite part yeah. was, uh, the guy who was like, uh, the acting defense secretary or whatever came out that was like, look, we're not looking to start a war with Iran, but we are prepared to finish the war with Iran. Oh God. And it's yeah. like, bro, like 
you got like seven other wars that you've been doing for like three decades and like yeah. you didn't finish any of them. So like, <laughs> yeah, what so the hell these, are you talking these, about right now? One of these fucking uh, like Fox News motherfuckers was on there and um, just like earlier today or maybe yesterday talking about like, you know, George W. Bush finished the war in Iraq in about 45 <laughs> minutes. Like, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe war in Iran will take like 54 minutes, but we'll be able to finish it that fast. That was uh, Mark Levin, one of my favorite, one of my favorite conservative news hosts, big uh, Jewish conservative guy from New York, real crazy. How Yikes! In the how in the hell? Like the war is still going on. It's still going on. It the war, never the stopped. The war is old enough to vote. The war in Afghanistan yeah, is almost old enough to drink. Yeah, I mean there, are, you know, there are kids born after nine eleven in Afghanistan right now. Right. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that's as good a place as any to take our first break. Uh, we'll we'll come back and talk about things that aren't geopolitics, which you know we're not we're not experts in. It's fun to talk about. I, I am. I guess I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that you, yeah, you didn't read enough Wikipedia pages, bro. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back. A day later, he specifically said, "I'm not seeking war. I'm seeking peace." And he's moved additional troops in the area, additional bombers into the area, uh, F-35s into the area, more of them. Not because he wants war, but because if they hit us, he wants to hit them back. That's not war necessarily. The Iranians have been at war with us for, for over four decades. But if we wanted to go to war, we know how to go to war. George W. Bush showed us. You send 400,000 troops in and you defeat Iraq in about 43 minutes. We can do the same with Iran. Maybe it'd take 54 minutes. So it's been uh, it's been pretty encouraging seeing some of the very early primary sort of forecasts going right. You got your you got you got Bernie Sanders more or less tied for first. Yeah. In Iowa uh, between him and Biden and Buttigieg um, looks like he's he's actually kind of climbing out ahead in New Hampshire solid lead in both uh, Nevada and California, which is very, that's very encouraging. Just in time for Tom Steyer to take it out from under <laughs> right, him. Yeah. He's, he's getting the Steyer yeah. surge. Did, did you see the poll today that Steyer is second in South Carolina? Yeah. In one poll today at 15%. Now that's still, you know, ridiculously behind Biden, but... He spent like $80 million for each percentage of support. <laughs> that he's garnered Jeez, it's yeah, a yeah. sweet deal yeah i mean stairs doing that same thing um uh new yorker magazine article by jonathan chait uh just today um talking about how like it, you're like actually this is a really good thing for mike bloomberg chait's running scared of bernie he sees that biden you know is is a losing bet and he's trying right. to think of who who and and Warren's no good for him either. So he's trying to think of who uh, who he can latch on to. Well, so so Chait's thesis was like, look, if anybody could spend just an astronomical amount of money on a campaign, it's Mike Bloomberg, and that translates to an electoral win, right? Um, which just reveals how thin his actual political thinking is. The dollars that you put into the thing, like, no, John, I, I'm not sure it works that way. Like, nobody's out there, nobody's knocking doors for Michael Bloomberg. No way, dude. They made that whole song about it. The, the moves <laughs> like Bloomberg. I do love that, you know, with the the millions and millions that Bloomberg has spent, the one, like, newsworthy event that his campaign had was that people made fun of him so uh, effectively that people thought it was real. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, well, hey now, let's be fair. There's also the fact that he used prison labor to make campaign calls. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's insane. Bro. And that's the thing that everybody needs to know more about. And, you know, half those people were in jail because of uh, stop and frisk while while Mike Bloomberg was bare of New York. Jesus Christ. Basically, like, press ganged a bunch of black dudes into, yep. like, working on his. It was like when, when you go into a that, – there was that thing in, like, pirate literature where – uh, like if they gave you a drink, but it had like a coin in the bottom of it, it was like, oh, now you work for us. <laughs> also, just kind of along those lines, I've been really enjoying the uh, almost universal backlash against uh, the sort of twee like dance routine sort of shit 
that a bunch of these candidates are trying. Uh, it, the, I mean, the Bloomberg one was fake, but the reason that it was convincing was because they had one for Buttigieg and also like Liz Warren is out there like dancing. And now people are talking about like the Liz Warren dance. And it's like, no, nah, maybe, maybe the voters are over that shit. Maybe we have moved past 2016 where like, Beyonce can show up for a Hillary Clinton rally or something like maybe maybe the people just want something substantive. Maybe they just want to hear how your policies are going to help. us. I just want to see Liz Warren like do a dab in her debate <laughs> like that one. lady. So I, <laughs> I had I had a, a prediction that sadly did not come true. I was 100 percent convinced that at some point in 2019, uh, Beto O'Rourke would floss. Uh, I, mean, I really wanted to see it. I think I was close. He did dab. He unfortunately never flossed. Oh, man. So, uh, I lost that bet. I, I'm really mad, too, because I had a 2019 prediction. Uh, we had like a betting pool of who would be the first Democratic candidate to live stream Fortnite. And I don't think any of them had the guts to do it. No. I'm yeah. extremely disappointed. Yeah, that's right. No, that bet is still running, right? I guess there's we, still time. We... Season two uh, is, is ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. God, you know, the more I think about it, the most likely person to stream, to stream Fortnite might be Trump because Barron would help him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah. Donald Trump Jr. posted one of the decade's worst memes, no, wait, nine days in this decade, and it's it's right up there, of like <laughs> Baby Yoda Trump. Ooh. Oh, God, yeah, it was terrible. Uh, and I just was really hopeful that someone in like an official White House role was tasked with like giving the president a briefing on what Baby Yoda is. <laughs> uh, and oh, to be a fly on the wall in that morning meeting. I think it's Barron. I think it's uh, Barron Trump. Be I think that. Uh, I think. I don't think is... Barron Trump even speaks English. <laughs> no, to I, be think... Honest. I... <laughs> I think. I think everybody has wildly underestimated this kid. I think that he is actually a political genius, but he's pulling the strings, you know, from behind. The... He's the puppet master of of all of the Trump meme sort of shit going on because he is. Somebody like Ashley Feinberg needs to like do a deep dive yeah. and figure out who Baron Trump is on Twitter because he's absolutely on Twitter. I will, I'll say this: I Baron Trump one hundred percent would get like a higher score on the SATs than Eric or Don Jr. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Probably Ivanka too. I think Ivanka's smarter than the boys, but I still think Baron's probably smarter than her. <laughs> Tiffany, I have no idea. No, 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 no idea what to make of Tiffany. I warned you that this conversation would probably come up on this episode. And I, th- I, I think that it is an important thing for us to, to talk about. You are Jewish? Yeah. Actually, I mean, full disclosure, I'm uh, ethnically, I'm half Jewish. My dad's Jewish. My mom's not. But I, uh, you know, wasn't raised particularly religious, but I'm definitely, you know, okay. part of the Jewish community, all that. Uh, one of the things that we've seen, I, I don't know how many times they're going to try to bring it back, but we've seen another resurgence of this idea that... Uh, like Bernie Sanders is somehow an anti-Semite. Yep. And in fact, like anybody pushing anything resembling a progressive policy platform is anti-Semitic. Yeah. I mean, so I think that there's, there's basically two sort of main prongs of this that, that people say. The first one and the like sort of more cynical one is this thing that, well, when you say – bankers and when you say elites and when you say rich people, what you're actually doing is saying Jews, which like if when I say, you know, bankers, you think Jews, that says more about you than it does about what <laughs> I'm actually seems saying. seems incredibly anti-Semitic, right? Yeah, right? Like if I say if I say we need to take money from the rich and you think, oh, he just wants to take money from the Jews. Well, that's, 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 that's in your head, not mine. That's right. on you, buddy. Um, so that one is the more cynical one and it's – to, to be dismissed like outright as just pure either uh, completely just false and they're just grasping at straws, which, you know, because that's, you know, sort of the one of the things that also was used against Jeremy Corbyn. And, you know, the, the whole labor anti-Semitism thing is a much more complicated thing because there is, uh, you know, I thought it was overblown, but there is some, you know, some sort of real some meat to that. But it, it, with regards to Bernie or any sort of uh, you know, left-wing people, when they say, you know, when you say elite, you just mean Jews. It's either them just lying and trying to find something to, to pin on you, 
or it's them uh, revealing their own latent anti-Semitism, which is when they hear rich bankers, they automatically think of, you know, the goblins from Harry Potter. Well, the reason they think that is because on the right, that's what they 100% do because mm-hmm. they made up a term that's called globalist, yep. which is explicitly <laughs> just a code Jew. word yeah. for 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 Jews. And so when they do it, they're like, oh, wink, wink, get, we get it, you know, we're, we're not talking about that. But then when other people bring up, you know, legitimate concerns, um, they just know that it's a great way to, uh, you know, not have to engage with the substance of, you know, saying like, well, maybe we should, maybe money is a negative influence on on politics and stuff like that. Uh, they'd rather not engage with that debate because Trump's the billionaire president. And so they just say like, well, I can't believe you would even say that. That's that's incredibly offensive that you would be so racist to talk about getting money yeah, out of politics. Yeah, and coming from the conservative side, you can more or less disregard it, right? But it's not just coming from the conservative side. You, you get it from uh, like – formerly highly paid or people who are expecting to be highly paid, uh, democratic operatives also, right? Uh, people like, uh, I don't know, Imani Gandhi or something will say, uh, the, the weaponization of, uh, anti-Semitism or, uh, Imani Gandhi has been really bad recently, uh, (laughs) forever, but also particularly recently talking about, like, oh, everyone's just making fun of uh, Liz Warren dancing because they don't want to vote for a woman. It's like, no, the same people were fucking making fun of Pete Buttigieg's terrible fucking dance like three weeks ago for like a solid week. That was the main joke on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you know, one one thing that I saw, I forget who it was, and it, was, it wasn't Imani, I forget who it was, but, you know, someone basically said, you know, when other people make fun of Pete Buttigieg, they're being homophobic, but when I do it, it's it's real, you know, real criticisms. It, it was <laughs> some, you know, lib, you know, donut Twitter person, whatever, and it was just like I, I like. There's no response to that. I mean, it's it's nonsense. People make fun of Pete Buttigieg for different reasons, and you know, I, I sort of give credit to Pete for the fact that literally everyone hates him. You know, Kamala, <laughs> Kamala supporters, Bernie supporters, Warren, Warren supporters, literally anyone who isn't Team Pete absolutely fucking hates that guy which is you know a real feat (laughs) i i legit have not seen a single attack on pete Buttigieg that had to do with his sexuality not a single one i am constantly forgetting that he's gay yeah (laughs) i forgot until you brought it up just again it's interesting that you know it's sort of you know the same thing that like a lot of people Again, I think this is this is legitimately anti-Semitic. People, you know, accuse Bernie of hiding his Jewishness or of not being Jewish enough, um, which is a pretty anti-Semitic thing because, you know, Jewishness, like any other identity, is how each person, you know, identifies with it. That's like, you know, I'm sure there are some people out there who would say Cory Booker wasn't black enough, which would be ridiculous, too, because he is right. black uh, and Bernie Sanders is Jewish. Um, you know, it, it's sort of the same thing, though, that like Pete does sort of – he isn't run on being the gay candidate, which you can say that's a good idea. You can say that's a bad idea, but he's much more sort of his pitch is this sort of, uh, you know, hyper, um, like hyper qualified and, you know, very much like, you know, the resume builder candidate and all that. Yeah, she know. was, he was built in a fucking vat to yeah. run for president. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Harvard to McKinsey to the military to mayor. I mean, you know, it's been, you know, I, I'm sure that he, you know, his I would love to go find his college applications and see how many, you know, how many clubs he was president of at whatever sure. uh, whatever high school he went to. I think the whole thing is very interesting. And, 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 and you can speak to this, I think, as someone who's basically a self-described like secular Jew. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That this idea that Bernie Sanders is somehow using his like I've seen the argument raised that he's weaponizing like Jewish identity uh but at the same time he's not Jewish enough to be able to do that the the enemies of anything uh you know to the right to to the left of Megan McCain um are always going to be trying to weaponize that identity against him anyway right that like he's always going to be a Jew to them whether or not he whether or not he goes to shul, um, whether or not he, you know, like observes the the high holidays, like 
He's never going to be not Jewish enough for those people. But apparently now on the liberal side, like he's not Jewish enough to be able to, I don't know, bring up how his family all got slaughtered in the in the Holocaust. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there's sort of there's like you said, there's sort of two sides to it. I mean, what I always say to people when, you know, they talk about, you know, are secular Jews really Jews and all that. And it's like. Most of the Jews, uh, you know, who were slaughtered in the Shoah were not particularly religious. Like, you know, Jews were largely secularized and uh, and integrated in Germany in, you know, in the 1930s. Um, and when, you know, that guy, uh, motherfucker in, in Pittsburgh, if I'd been outside of that shul, I don't think he would have stopped to ask me, hey, you know, are you going inside? Do you celebrate services? If you, if right, you aren't, yeah. if you aren't, go ahead. But if you are, I'm going to shoot you in the head. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, and then on the on the on the other side, I mean, you know, I already said, you know, the first sort of prong of it is this, you know, capitalism money thing, and the second prong, of course, is is Israel and Bernie Sanders, though he is far from as far left on the issue as I am, or as a lot of lefties are, he has the most openness to a new Israel policy of any Democratic candidate. He is he is open to the idea of uh, you know changing the way that the U.S., uh, their, our monetary relationship with Israel. He uh, explicitly calls out the occupation of the West Bank, um, and he correctly identifies that Gaza is, though it's not physically occupied, is essentially still occupied territory because of the blockade. Um, and for that reason, he you know, is never going to be Jewish enough for them. And of course, he has scary Muslims like Linda Sarsour and Ilan Omar and Rashida Taleb on his team. And those people are, you know, even more, you know, are much more in line with how I feel about the, you know, Israeli-Palestine issue. And so because Linda Sarsour, who is a proud Palestinian woman, and Rashid Taleb, who is a proud Palestinian woman, and Ilan Omar, who's not Palestinian, but is a, you know, hijabi Muslim, uh, support him, you know, it's a guilt by association in these people's minds that he can't be friends with them and also be a good Jew because they hate Jews, which of course is bullshit. They don't. They simply want freedom for their people um, and, uh, and you know, oppress people in Palestine. But to liberals, especially, um, you know, sort of liberal Zionist types, some of whom are Jewish, some of whom are not, to be clear, uh, you know, even associating with people like Linda Sarsour uh, is, is a crime. And I think it's obviously it's Islamophobic. I also think there's Certainly some misogyny behind it because people don't like, uh, you know, liberal, white liberal guys hate women who disagree with them. <laughs> um, and Linda Sarsour and, and, and those women uh, are outwardly, you know, opposing the democratic consensus on, on Israel. And so for uh, certain people who, who look at Bernie's campaign and the relationship he has with, with those people and the ideas they represent, that is anti-Semitism, despite the fact that he is among the most Jewish men I've ever seen. I mean, have you heard the man talk? He literally, the Larry David thing is right. <laughs> right. There's a reason Larry David plays him on SNL, you know? He, <laughs> he is, you know, the living picture of, of the old Brooklyn Zadie. Uh, so it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's unfortunately something that he has to deal with and that, you know, people feel that they have the, uh, the right and the ability to sort of, uh, you know, ascribe uh you know anti-semitism to him simply because he is uh has a somewhat open position on israel uh and allows and has supporters who uh might might even disagree with him i i, I doubt that if you sort of nailed bernie down he would agree with a lot of the things that sarsour and, and taleb think but he agrees with them on a lot of other things and so he is proud to have them on his team which is uh you know an unforgivable crime for some of these people and i i think it's amazing that they continue to like hammer away at like democrats and at, at bernie to say like oh well the left is the real anti-semites right and the, the conservatives are constantly you know harping on that there was that weird uh like conservative organization that like said that uh Ilhan Omar was like the anti-Semite of the year or whatever in a year that had like multiple like mass shootings at synagogues, yeah, like synagogue shootings, a little yeah. bit ridiculous. Um, but uh, you don't you don't hear this much rhetoric on the right, even though Trump is like literally out there saying things like. Israel is the country of the Jews and like changing the laws of, of the United States to like recognize 
uh, the Jewish people as a, as a separate nationality and changing the, the laws for them. And um, God, what was the other thing that he was doing where he was saying uh, like uh, Jews who are Democrats are like disloyal to to Israel and, and stuff like that? Like that's wild, like blatantly anti-Semitic stuff. And you just don't hear that much chatter about it on on the left as as you do about uh about Bernie Sanders. Well, as far as chatter goes, I I saw a remarkable thing on Twitter the other day where a bunch of um like heavily Zionist uh I I guess I like kind of wandered into J Twitter um were talking about how like if they're like anti-Zionist like leftist Jews, I never see them on Twitter isn't that weird? And it's like, no, it's not weird because you all run fucking blockchains. Yep. On these people. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't, you don't see those things because you have curated your online experience to never see anything like that. Yeah, it's like the people who say Bernie has no black supporters and no women supporters, and it's like, well, you block any black person who likes Bernie, and you block any woman who likes Bernie, <laughs> right? Uh, so that it's only guys who look like me who are that <laughs> you see that like Bernie because that's the the image you want to have. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I just before we started recording, I saw an article. There's a you know, so the Fieldston School, which is a fancy private school here in the city. Um, a Jewish teacher was just who at the school was just fired for making anti-Zionist Twitter comments or Facebook comments. I forget, um, you know, for you know, hateful conduct or whatever. There's a Jewish guy making comments that were anti-Zionist, um, you know, and was fired for it. No, no longer protected under the First Amendment because now being pro-Israel is a protected class, yeah. I guess. Yeah, no, I mean, there's until somebody... all these liberals who want to pass anti-BDS laws, not even saying that, uh, you know, there are some where it's just like the state won't do business with people who, who support BDS, which is wrong, but I guess, you know, technically isn't any sort of violation. But there's, there's laws requiring companies to not participate in BDS, which I mean, you know, that's sort of like, uh, you know, how do you prove that you, you know? Oh yeah, no, we had a we had a big one down here in oh, Texas yeah? that they they passed a law that said no individual who's pro BDS can be employed by the state of Texas. Yeah, uh, and there's a lawsuit that's like working its way through the courts, and of course it's going to get overturned because that's that's a flagrant violation of first amendment rights but until then you know it, it does have a it, it has a suppressive effect it has a silencing effect on anybody who you know would like to i don't think that anybody i'm not going to say anybody i don't think that most people who are pro boycott divest and sanction on the government of israel is necessarily an anti-semite they would like to see human rights recognized uh, in in that region. Um, but, you know, until the lawsuit gets worked out, that remains the law of the land, the land that I live yeah, in. Yeah, the major, the major anti-Semites in America, your, your Richard Spencers, your uh, David Dukes, they love Israel because it's an ethno-state, like the one they want to found for white people. And in theory, sure. any Jews that would live in their, you know, hypothetical white ethno-state would be sent there. Uh, you know, if, if those they didn't, you know, slaughter. Um, so, you know, the it's or, you know, I mean, there's a so Max Blumenthal, who is he's, he's controversial, I guess. But uh, he before he sort of was focused more on Syria, he used to write and do a lot of videos about Israel. And he went to the uh, Christians United for Israel conference. Guy, This is probably 10 or so years ago. And one of the people speaking that year was John Hagee who literally wrote in his book that the Holocaust was a gift because it brought us closer to the end times. Jesus Christ. But he is, you know, welcomed at these, you know, in, in Jewish circles, and he's spoken at APAC and he's done all this because he's pro-Israel. You know, the, the biggest anti-Semites are pro-Israel because of either their demented racist ideology or they're perhaps even more demented, you know, eschatological Christianity. Yeah, and that's a huge thing, too. I mean, people 
Mike Pompeo and like uh, Betsy DeVos and all these people who are like these radical uh, evangelical Christians. Well, they're, who, they're millenarian, right? I mean, they, they actually right. Well, they they claim to be like I'm pro Israel in the fact that like I want Israel to uh, explode so the <laughs> right. end times can happen or whatever. It's like is that is that being pro Israel? Is that what that actually means? Uh, it, it's it's pretty. Well, they're they're pro Israel. They're not pro the Israeli people. They're not pro anybody who lives in that area. I mean, we made the same fucking joke last episode that, like, yeah, everybody's read Left Behind, right? Like, the Left Behind series starts off with Iran launches nukes against Israel. And Kirk Cameron saves the day. Yeah. Yeah. Just like just like real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, this is going to be an ongoing uh, discussion. And, uh, Ben, I'm really grateful to you uh, for being so... Uh, like open and willing to talk about this thing because it it's a very sensitive topic. No, for sure. And I mean, I am probably less sensitive about it than some Jews. <laughs> I'm a little bit more uh, cynical. You got more about, chill. A little, little bit more. I wouldn't say I got more chill. I just say I'm a little bit more cynical about the whole idea of Jewish <laughs> identity than a lot of people. But I, I do sort of, you know, care about it a lot and uh, think it is, you know, important to keep keep talking about. So no, it's, it's good. It's a good discussion to have. Yeah, no, we we really appreciate you being willing to have that conversation. Let's uh let's take a little break there and when we come back, uh we will as we usually do, um take the show out on a high note. Sounds good. You know, everybody um practices religion in a different way. Uh to me, I would not be here tonight. I would not be running for president of the United States if I did not have very strong religious and spiritual um feelings. Uh, I believe that, um, as a human being, the pain that one person feels, if we have children who are hungry in America, if we have elderly people who can't afford their prescription drugs, you know what? That impacts you, that impacts me. And I worry very much about a society where some people spiritually say, it doesn't matter to me, I got it, I don't care about other people. So my spirituality is that we are all in this together. And that when children go hungry, when veterans sleep out on the street, it impacts me. That's my very strong spiritual. Story. So yeah, that was a uh, not the most uplifting discussion, uh, unfortunately. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much what always happens on this show. But Bit of a uh, we. L- we we like to leave it on a positive note, so uh, we're we're gonna try to find something good. I, I think uh, we say it every week uh, that it's tough, but this this week was I feel like especially uh, tough to to find that silver lining in there. Going going to war kind of fucking sucks. Uh, but uh, Matt, you you had some good stuff going on. I did, yeah. Um, so this is a this is a personal high note for me. Uh, for the past two months, I've been working on a crochet project uh, where I was taking uh, reclaimed plastic bags and crocheting them into uh, what ended up being it's like a 28 inch by six foot sleeping mat um, that goes to a charity uh, that provides these to people who are sleeping rough. So people who are sleeping on the street. Um, they're, they're made out of plastic bags, so it's like upcycling, uh, instead of those going into the, into the trash. Uh, but also these things are, they're insulative, so warmer when it's cold outside, they're breathable when it's hot outside, they're lightweight to carry. Uh, so I, I finished my very first one this week and, uh, I'm, I'm going to, keep doing this project because it turns out that I really enjoy like sitting on the couch watching shit that I've seen before because I don't have to watch it uh, and crocheting but yeah um, and, anyway, and, yeah you know like my wife crochets and like she's made like scarves and hats and stuff but like that sleeping mat is huge it's it's, it's gigantic real big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really big it took me uh probably about two and a half months to complete the thing uh it'll be the next one, I think I, I think I finally got the like the system down a little bit better. So this next one shouldn't take quite that long. But, you know, uh, like like I told somebody on Twitter, this does not solve the problem of homelessness. It doesn't solve the problem of we need to 
execute all landlords. It does not solve the problem of we need to abolish capitalism. But in the meantime, hopefully this thing provides some small comfort to somebody who needs it. Now, are you like turning the plastic bags into something that is like a a rope or are you obtaining pre-roped plastic bags (laughs) uh it's both so i i I got a whole bunch of like balls of this what they call plarn which i fucking hate that term wow that's good that's good (laughs) yeah uh very late stage Uh, capitalism but but yeah but but i started making my own also out of like good plastic bags that i got like especially ones that had good colors um and and all you do is like you cut plastic bags latitudinally into strips that become uh, like loops and then you just do that sort of like chaining like daisy chain them together oh, all right and then and then that's what you what you uh crochet with um so yeah yeah it's a i i got my liquor store to donate a whole bunch of their like super cool black plastic bags um the last time i was in there so the next one i make is gonna have like a nice you know like piece of like black in it you're the only person that i know that could rob a liquor store and only take plastic bags (laughs) (laughs) well well done sir so that's my high note for the week yeah well i i have to say my high note uh i struggled to think of what i the only one that i could really think of was uh i did watch the witcher on netflix Mm, and it mm -hmm. was it was pretty good that's the one with uh with Rorschach and the it's that's who 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 witches the medieval who, who witches the witch man <laughs> the witch the witch man that's the new uh the new crossover series that they're gonna do <laughs> it's uh no it's like Henry Cavill uh I mean he's really the only person uh of uh, uh who's like a big name actor in the show Wait, or whatever Wait, well, Henry Cavill that's a uh, that's Superman, right? The Superman guy, yeah, he's the main No shit, he's guy. in that? Yeah, he's the main guy. He has a really bad uh like gray wig uh and he does like a <laughs> he does a every line he says he's like uh I got to go kill some monsters or whatever. It's it's <laughs> quite hilarious. He I, he does a good job but um so it like is more also or less just really what he funny. did in all of the like Zack Snyder like DC films. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> but the, my favorite part about it is like he's like apparently like a Witcher Superman like uh, or super fan like but when he read he like read all the books like even way before like they were popular and stuff like that. Uh, he talks about like playing all the video games and stuff, which is I think is just really adorable. So um, well, that's a fucking dream, right? Like become a super fanboy and also be able to like be in the show yeah like, oh, he's i would be, I would a be master so of good LARPing. at playing this I'd, I'd be so good at playing Geralt. but <laughs> like i pretty much exclusively watch media now uh as like things that i can steal for my D campaign and so this was a <laughs> this was a rich tapestry yeah i was gonna say that's, uh, a, that's a lot to steal uh, there yeah, of inspiration. Frozen Two uh, also was was very good. Uh, Star Wars, very bad. Not a lot that I could take from my D and D campaign. From, I mean, from essentially, the Star what Wars. you're saying is that uh, you've been super racist against the Polish in your DMing. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean goblins? Yeah, uh, that's for, <laughs> <laughs> that's 100 percent true. It's not me. That's just, I'm just holding a mirror up to society, bro. Okay. <laughs> So that was fun. Yeah, check it out. I think it's 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 impressive that they were able to make this series aggressively unwatchable because it's like a series where you can't it's even harder to follow than Game of Thrones, which is a notoriously difficult to understand series of what's sure. going on uh because you don't even realize until halfway through you're watching it that the storylines that you're watching are like decades removed from each other even though they're like intercut in the same episode with zero right. context of that yeah yeah sure um which i thought was at first a little upsetting but then i also was like that's well, just an interesting it's an interesting way uh to tell the story and it, it's definitely a very a very slow burn for sure um the first episode is is extremely confusing but it gets a little better as it goes on uh and it's pretty good at the end. Once the bard yeah. guy shows up, he's great. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've I've heard that about The Witcher, and I I think it's good for uh like media audiences, um uh like American audiences in particular, um that 
not everything is 100% spelled out for you. You actually have to, you have to use your imagination. You have to like remember things from the last episode. That seems like it's probably good for the, the media viewing psyche. Um, instead of just having everything, you know, just, just laid out for you, like a, like a buffet for preschoolers or something like so many shows are. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciated that. I mean, it, it is, it is not a show that, um, is like, you know, pandering to a, a mass audience, but, uh, apparently it's, it's quite popular, so it must be doing something right. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Mm, that's cool. Well, that's a pretty good high note. What about you, Ben? Yeah, you got a, a high note. I, I do. Take us uh, out. Take us sure. out of this episode. So I uh, have a ten-week-old daughter, and uh, my uh, mother-in-law was up last weekend and watched her. And the wife and I went to see Star Wars. And though the movie was okay at best, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I popped an edible and I went and I sat and I watched Star Wars and I didn't think about. Uh, diapers or feeding or anything baby related for a couple hours and though i was very happy to get back to her it was a a high note both figuratively and literally uh, for the first time in a while to uh to to go out and just uh sort of blankly stare at a mediocre movie uh, uh for a while so that was a definite high note for me is that your first child first kid yeah mm-hmm that reminds me, I had a similar experience when uh, my son was very young. He's 10 now, but he had just been born when the J.J. Abrams Star Trek oh, yeah. reboot came out. Uh, and I remember going to see that being like, I'm just going to go have a fun time at the movies or whatever. Uh, when the opening scene is like an incredibly uh, like dramatic uh, like death of uh, of of a father yeah. and his it's infant like son. Or, and yeah. His and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I was, not, yeah. I was not prepared for this. That's a tough one to watch when you're a new father. Yeah. No, I'm definitely finding that where like, I like something that would have just like not hit me at all before. It's like, oh man, there's a dead you know, a dying kid or a dying father in this. I can't watch this. I gotta, I gotta turn this off for a while and go, you know, like, uh, look at some bright colors or something. Look at like a visualizer on an old, like, uh, like windows media player or something just to, to drown out my mind. Yeah. Give it a couple years and you'll be like crying at like car commercials and fucking commercials for banks and shit like that. And you're like, why why are you doing this to me? Yeah, for sure. So then what we need is not just uh, Bernie Sanders' plan for, you know, national, uh, like, universal parental leave. Uh, we also need universal parental leave just to go and see movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nationalize movies, man. Let's make it happen. <laughs> nationalize the movie industry. They, dude, like, uh, you know, a socialist government could not have made a worse Star Wars movie than <laughs> So I say let's do it. I say let's just make it happen. There's a good chance it will turn out actually way better. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anybody wants to hear Brennan's extended perspective on the most recent Star Wars movie. It's like an uh, hour and 20 minutes of yeah, me so, ranting about Star yeah, Wars. Just, please, please subscribe to our Patreon. Um, that was that was the, uh, the bonus episode for last week. Um, ben Geyer, it has been an absolute delight to, to have you on the show. I hope you stick around for the bonus episode tonight um, if we're yeah. not keeping you up too late. Thanks so much, guys. It was, it was a blast. Yeah, what do you want to plug while you're uh, still you know, yeah, just, on the mic? Just follow me on Twitter, <laughs> Ben underscore Geyer. Last name is G-E-I-E-R. Uh, I tweet lots of dumb shit, hopefully some good shit. Um, not working on any real projects right now, uh, but, you know, hopefully sometime I'll actually publish some stuff and... Uh, Maybe someone will read it. So, yeah, follow me on Twitter. Bro, ha- Hit me up. Having a 10-week-old is the greatest project of, of all time. Yeah, Don't that's, tell a, that's a good short. point. <laughs> that's going to take some time. I'll say also on a personal note that um, typing Ben's name on a computer is, uh, like, viscerally enjoyable. The G-E-I-E-R. I don't know. Just It, it feels like you're doing a like a palindrome or something like yeah that. i love we love those vowels it's that nice yiddish germanic name <laughs> well it's been a treat ben thank you for joining us um, good. Thanks so much, you can guys. 
Yeah, you can uh, always follow the show uh, at liquid underscore flannel on Twitter. I'm Matthew Hodges, and I'm on Twitter being very online at Matt the Great with the W and Brendan Williams. I'm at Brendan Williams with one L. Well, that's it. That's it, everybody. We've uh, we're we're firmly in the year 2020. Cemented. Year zero, baby. <laughs> <laughs> year zero. Year, year, possibly the last year. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.